In some cases, I see the oppression best manifested in the lives of straight white men who have a pressure to perform in a certain way, be a certain type of person, uh, you know, live up to certain expectations. And, and we all suffer under that. I'm Mitch. And I'm Missy. We're co-workers. He's the boss. And we're married. And she's the boss. Together, we host Good Faith Weekly, a podcast on faith and culture. What could possibly go wrong? Tune in and find out. Missy. Welcome to Good Faith Weekly. On this episode, Missy and I are going to catch up and talk about the brilliant guest we have this week at Good Faith Weekly, Flamey Grant. Missy gives me a quiz in the first section, and then we have the privilege of setting down the Flamey and talking about her music, her lyrics, and what's going on in her life. It is a wonderful conversation that I promise you, you're not going to want to miss. Stay tuned. Hello there, Missy. Hey, how are you? I am so excited today. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I can't stand it. <laughs> we have the pleasure of interviewing Flamey Grant. We do. And for those of our listeners, if you have not in the last at least few weeks heard of Flamey Grant, I might want to question who you're following on social media. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, or you're just not on social media at all. Or you're not, yeah. so you should definitely listen to this interview and enjoy getting to know her as we have. Yeah, absolutely. So, Mitch, yes, in preparation for our interview today. Oh, jeez. We're gonna play a game. Oh, jeez. Is it flamey or Amy? <laughs> okay, before we get into it, I'm gonna ask you this: Did you listen to Amy Grant growing up? You know. I did because I was, you know, back in the day, the KLTY, I don't know if I assume that station is still around. Um, I vacillated between you have to listen to all contemporary Christian music or you're going to go to hell or, and then some days I was, you know what? I don't care. I'm listening to pop, you know? Uh-huh. So yes, I did listen to Amy Grant. I wasn't like a huge, huge fan um, sadly, I was probably more of a Michael W. Smith, you know. Oh, geez. I know, I know. It's embarrassing to admit. Did you have friends forever? Uh, <laughs> I did. I did. Oh, I had the t-shirts. I had the testaments. I uh, had all of it. I, mean, I tried. Oh. I gave it the good Boy Scout effort of trying to listen to contemporary Christian music growing up in the 80s and 90s. And I know you just don't. I hate it. I absolutely despise it. <laughs> I know. But you have been texting me so much the last few days. I am a huge fan because, I mean, the thing about contemporary Christian music back in, you know, the early 80s and 90s was that I just didn't think it was good music. The lyrics were really cheesy. Um, But listening to Flamey, oh my gosh, I love her voice. I love the music and her lyrics. They're so rich. So powerful. So rich and so powerful. And I I honestly am... yeah, I, I've had such a great time preparing for the interview with her, and I am just have been giddy about this since since it was been on the calendar. But I really wanted us to play, is it Flamey or Amy? Okay. Because obviously, Flamey, we didn't uh, 
I feel like we need intro music or something. Is a big, like, uh, Flamey is a fan of Amy Grant's, and she's done a lot of wonderful things in particular for the LGBT community. Oh, sure, absolutely. Um, So, yeah, no shade. It's just, I I was a fan. I listened to her music, but I I don't think I ever went to a concert of hers, but I could be wrong. Oh, I'm sure Flamey and Amy would really enjoy this game. So, go ahead. Probably so. I wonder if they would score 100%. I don't know. (laughs) But we'll see how you do. Okay. So, first, I have this lyric. Time is an illusion. Time is a curse. Time is all these things and worse. But our time is now. Yes, our time is now. Amy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Dang it. How'd you know that? <laughs> okay. Because I've been listening to Flamey's songs. That's a lot, a, so. I know. When you, when you texted me and you're like, gosh, her music's amazing. This is really great. I was like, dang it. Now you're going to know the answers to my quiz. Anywho, Go on. Okay. Two. It's okay to cry. It's okay to fall apart. You don't have to try to be strong when you are not. Flamey. No. No, that's Amy. It's Amy. I know. It's 2021 Amy. Wow. Uh, See, yeah. I'm out on those. When We Fall Apart, it was Amy Grant, Ryan Stevenson, and Vince Gill. Wow. Okay. Very cool. I forgot to mention the the first one was 2013. Our Time Is Now from Amy Grant. Okay. Number three. May you look beyond the storm to the silver lining that makes you that makes the journey worth it, leading you to hope, leading you back home to yourself, back home to love. Flamey. It is flamey. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, oh, I'm sorry. I need to tell. It's from Ones Like Us by Flamey Grant. Awesome. Okay. Number four. Just a love that's well-designed for passing the test of time. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to stay. Every hour, every flamey, flamey, flamey. No, 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 you're gonna be so shocked. This is 1991, Amy. Oh, geez, every heartbeat, every heartbeat. Oh, see, we didn't even know that Amy Grant was pushing the limits. See, I do, we didn't know. One of the things I do remember about Amy Grant, I remember when she began to become popular on the pop charts, and the Christian community kind of really. It was super scandalous. Yeah, it was well, scandal. she was divorced. I oh, mean, yeah, she divorced was Michael Stephen English. Chap- Stephen Chapman, I think. I think it was Michael English. No, it's no? Chapman. Okay. Anyway, Gary Chapman, Stephen. I, I can't this is remember. how out we are, you guys. All those Christian artists. And right now, like, all of like. the like '90s contemporary <laughs> Christian are screaming at us because <laughs> right. we don't know the answer to this. But I do remember that Amy Grant was divorced, and I remember my friend's bedroom like sitting and hearing the news about this, and it was such scandal. So okay, yes. there okay. You go. Anyways, what are we on? Number five, I think. Yeah. Okay, number five. I only know that when you found me was the day that I began to reclaim the voice that I had lost to start using words I had forgot. Amy. Flamey. Dang it. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised. It's from That Was All You. Okay. Flamey Grant. All right, number six. We go up and we come back down, and halfway through we reach the highest ground. Amy? No. Nice <laughs> I, I did not listen close enough for the last uh, few days. I mean, well, I mean, your, your quiz writer here might have you know pulled some especially tricky ones oh that's true okay number seven good sweet earth sleeves rolled up and hands buried in the dirt i can see you there in one of dad's old shirts showing me how life's supposed to work amy 
It is Amy from 2023. This yeah. current year, trees will never see. Wow. I a song I'm not that familiar. Song. Well, <laughs> I, I hadn't heard it until today, but yes, yes, I've heard it now. Okay. Next one. Number eight, shoulder to the wheel for someone else's selfish gain. Here there is no choosing, working the clay, wearing their anger like a ball and chain. Flamey? Oh, Amy? It's 1988, Amy. Jeez. It's from Lead Me On. I should have been a better Christian. You should have been. <laughs> okay, so it's from Lead Me On, which I can't think of the tune right now, but if you go back, you know oh, this yeah, song. Oh, yeah, I know that song. Okay, yeah, you know that song. Okay, number nine. I would live here if I could. The earth would be my bed. The moss beneath my head, I'd spend my days on holy ground. I want to say Amy, but I'm going to go with Flamey. It is Flamey. Yeah. Holy ground, Flamey. It's a wonderful song. All right. Final final one. All right. Ready? So do I get like bonus points if I get this right? I don't know. I, I haven't even kept up with how many you've gotten right <laughs> and wrong. <laughs> so, okay. God is a storyteller, a lover composing a letter, and every word is hope and light and glory. Flamey. That's Flamey uh, from, you know, my favorite. We talk about a lot in the interview, Esther, Ruth, and Rahab. Love it. Love I it. love, I am just, I don't know who the president of her fan club is, but I'm, there's about to be a cue. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for giving me the quiz. But, I mean, we got to get to the interview because, I mean, it's just such a, a rich, wonderful conversation. Flamey is remarkable, and I just think our audience is really going to enjoy this conversation we have with her. I hope so. I, I know I did. It was, it was so, so much fun. Stay tuned. We'll be back with Flamey Grant. You know, Missy, I really enjoy recording this podcast with you each and every week. Do you? Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is not the only thing we do at Good Faith Media. It's not. We have so many offerings for you. We have a plethora of podcasts, videos, news and opinion articles, Bible studies, books, and much, much more. Find us at goodfaithmedia.org. Welcome back to Good Faith Weekly. On this episode, we've got a very special guest with us all the way from outside Asheville, North Carolina, the comedy queen with the blistering voice. Flamey Grant is a gospel and roots musician from the Bible Belt who will move you, soothe you, help you heal some trauma, and always leave you laughing. Flamey's 2022 debut record, Bible Belt Baby, is the world's first full-length contemporary Christian album by a drag performer and a 2023 San Diego Music Award nominee for Best Pop album. Whether telling irreverent, hilarious stories of religious trauma in her one-woman show, Godless Sheathen, or filling a room with her iconic voice and original music, Flamey drags you into a therapeutic theatrical mix of music, comedy, and storytelling. Armed with a bold lip and a big lash, Flamey will convince you that nothing is sacred, but everything is holy. Shame belongs in the closet, and you are brilliant, resilient, badass, ready to take on the world. Flamey, Welcome to Good Faith Weekly. I'm so happy to be here. Sorry for that extra long introduction. My goodness. Oh, well, there was just so much it, good to say. It was the best one yet. When we pulled it, when we pulled it, I was like, you can't edit this down. How, right. How are you going to do it? How could you choose what to take out of that? Actually, nothing. Well, nothing. Absolutely nothing. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. So, Flamey, first, before we get started, congratulations on your recent move. I don't know how you're you. juggling all the things right now. 
in addition to a cross country move. Yeah, I don't either. It's been a whirlwind. I think um, I was actually telling my sister-in-law today uh, that I'm, I feel like I've just kind of pushed pause on my own, probably to, to my detriment, emotional, physical, mental well-being. And it's time to really start focusing on that again, because it's been, <laughs> it's been a crazy six weeks. Uh, but things are finally starting to settle down a little bit. I am, I'm still up to my neck in boxes unpacking, but at least I am where I'm going to be living for the next little bit. And yeah, it's, you know, the, the press has died down. There is an ongoing lawsuit we can talk about a little bit, but that's also in a state of stasis. So, oh, great. Are you, you in know? a lawsuit as well? Yeah, I'm so in a lawsuit Mitch. as well. Oh, good. <laughs> I you fun. Yeah, I'm suing the state of Oklahoma. <laughs> so, oh, I'm suing a DA in Tennessee. You oh, know? congratulations. <laughs> well done. Yep, 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 yep. Rebel rousers, That's right. right. That's right. Good so times. The, but the more important question is, did you remember to leave out all of the tools to put the beds back together when you moved? Girl, no. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea where my yeah, tools oh are. My and I mean, I know where my drag tools are, thankfully, because that's the most important piece. But I do not know where a wrench, a screwdriver, a hammer are. I cannot find them. Okay, so another <laughs> tangent here. Since you know where your drag tools are, I've been trying to get Mitch to write it in our employee handbook that whoever knows how to do lashes is automatically required to teach me. <laughs> and he won't do it. So that's why we brought you here today. Can you teach me how to do lashes? <laughs> oh, lashes are such a journey. Uh, I don't. I hate looking back at some of my old pictures. And honestly, some of my current pictures, I'm still like that. Nope, the lashes wonky girl. It's I, uh, that's it's so hard. I, mean, I watch I you every night put in put on this uh, horribly expensive eyelash grower or thickener. It's my fertilizer. <laughs> for my lashes. That's what, yep, that's what I, call I know it. it. Because yep. because I don't I'm not talented enough to do the, the false ones. I ah, just have gotcha, to try to grow gotcha. what I got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. OK, let's circle back. around. Yeah. So, so Flamey, I know. I I guess it was maybe July-ish. I started getting um, messages in my inbox from friends of your profile saying, hey, have you heard of Flaming Grant? I think you guys should interview her on the podcast. So I was like, oh, yeah. So I checked, started following you. And literally within days, something happened. And things kind of blew up in your world. And we're not going to talk about who, but someone <laughs> who shall remain nameless inadvertently presented you with an opportunity to catapult right over his fragile male ego and oversized truck tires <laughs> and onto the tippy top of the Christian music charts. And so at that point, I was like, Mitch, you've got to email her now so we can get you know, get this locked down um, because my fear of rejection won't allow me to, <laughs> to email anyone. It's true. He says, why don't you? I'm like, no, I can't. Mm. Well, then also we got we got the news that Flamey was going to be at Nevertheless She Preached in Austin, Texas. Yes. And so we're going to be down there too uh, next week. So we're excited to see you face to face. But we thought yeah. we've got to have Flamey on the show. So I'm so thankful, first of all, for you taking time because I know your life is crazy right now um, to be here with us today. And so I've spent the last month or so just getting to know you better through your music and through all the press that's come up, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Your music and your lyrics are so powerful, I feel like, to any of us who grew up in kind of that fundamentalist Bible Belt culture. Um, Did you say I'm, culture or cult? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> yes. And so I just, I find myself when I listen just, I mean, I'm getting chills thinking about it and just fighting back tears um, it just 
evokes so much emotion for me. So I thought for this interview, we would kind of take more a different turn. I want to start our conversation points with your lyrics mm. and hope and mm. let our audience get to know you in that way, rather than just firing questions at you. Is that, is that okay? We're big on consent I love that. here. I love that. Thank <laughs> okay. you. Yeah, that's very thoughtful. Okay, so the first the first song I want to talk about that I can't get out of my head is um, Esther, Ruth, and Rahab. And I know it's not the one, it's not Good Day that's flying around all over, but I I feel like this is a bit of your magnum opus. And I can say this with confidence because I can show you right here, our audience, (laughs) the lyrics take up two full pages. Um, And I want to talk to you a bit about these characters and about your childhood and how they spoke to you and how in the midst of an environment that was pretty constrictive, how you were able to, as a young child, still glean something from this written word and from these um, women in the Bible. Oh, wait. Well, you're. Let me read the oh, lyrics. Sure. For, I forgot to read the lyrics. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So excited. Let's, let's go. I know. I'm so excited about this. So, the, the quote I've pulled from this song is We see our paths by someone else's shine. Esther, Ruth, and Rahab, they were mine. Love that. How do you claim their shine as your own? Talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. This is this song feels to me like the most um, well, I've I've I for sure put the most work into this song of anything else on the on the record. Um, I had to wrestle with her a lot. <laughs> the lyrics did not just come; uh, they were extracted, if you will, uh, excavated, maybe They're uh, extensive because- and beautiful. Yeah, it's it's um, it, I did have to dig deep because so many of these stories, are, they were just, you know, kind of misty memories for me. Um, not all of them. Esther really does stand out to me. Uh, I did. I really did spend Sunday mornings reading the book of Esther over and over again because church was so boring and I wasn't <laughs> allowed to bring in coloring books or crayons or anything else. Like the oh. only thing I had, I had the hymnal I could look at or I had the Bible and I, I opted for the book of Esther more frequently than not and just reread that story over and over as a kid. So that one definitely stands out to me. Um, same with Ruth. I, I read a lot of Ruth and Rahab is just like I don't, there seems to be a lot of people who don't know what I'm talking about when I say Rahab. And I'm like, y'all, how? Like, Rahab she's is a int- badass. <laughs> she's such a badass. She's <laughs> integral to the story of the city of Jericho and the wa- marching around seven times and the yelling. Like, she's absolutely a critical figure in that story. How do we not remember her? So, um, but then again, I live in, you know, patriarchy in America in 2023. So I understand why we Same. don't remember her. But um, yeah, I, uh, I wanted to write a song for the record that did kind of draw that line and, and make a connection to my super fundamentalist religious upbringing and then the drag I perform now in. And um, because it, I, I think maybe even I wasn't fully aware of what that connection was or how deep that went until I really started to excavate some of these stories and remind myself, oh my gosh, the stories that made the biggest impact on me as a kid were for sure. I mean, obviously they were the stories of women being badasses because in my world, women had to be silent and submissive. And that was, that was what I saw modeled for me all the time in my church growing up. Um, I really did grow up in a church where women had to cover their hair based on that 
obscure passage in Second Corinthians, or you know, Paul, ta- Paul, or whoever talks about uh, the the you know, don't compete with the glory of God. Right. Your hair is so pretty; it challenges God's glory. So let's cover <laughs> that shit up, okay? Um, I just do it to cover my roots these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a weird concept. Um, but very much lived lived out in the world I grew up in, and and women just truly sat there silently. My mom had a an opportunity to participate because she played piano. So that was kind of the only place where I saw women active during our worship services was playing an instrument, playing the piano, because apparently no men were capable of doing that. So, (laughs) um, but so of course the, the stories of Deborah being a judge and jail, you know, taking out a a, a guy with a temp, a tent peg through the temple, um, and Miriam, like Miriam, such an integral part of Moses' story. It's wild that she doesn't get equal billing with with Moses. Um, and so, of course, those stories stood out to me because they're the ones where I, they they show they had the biggest um, difference to the reality that I faced every day. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here reading stories about women who just owned their power. Um, literally ruled the world like literally like queen esther literally ruled her world deborah literally was a judge for the israelites for 40 years um so it it was it's a striking difference so those stories stood out and i also kind of realized as i was writing this lyric that you know it really was the women in my life too who made a strong impact despite being boxed into this role of silent submissive second secondary person you know the the the, there's been a meme going around twitter lately that shows like umbrellas and it's like the the biggest umbrella on top is christ and then the next one is like the father (laughs) and then the mother underneath did you not have that in your bible growing up (laughs) i did did you really yes is your bible covered in camouflage The, the trauma goes deep, y'all. Yeah. Well, I, I I don't know that I ever saw it drawn out like that, but I guess that is a thing that. Oh, I did. I mean, it sat right next to the to the graph of the, like the um the sexual partners where you have two, and then you see how it goes down to like all of a sudden if you have sex, you slept. What kind of crazy Bible did you have? Yep. This was just youth group in the nineties, okay. y'all. I mean, it just was. Yeah. So yeah, sorry. For, uh, probably for women, for girls, right? Like, oh, I bet y'all got a lot more of that messaging than than those of us who are being raised to be men got. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I just, I, I wanted to connect my drag and what I do um, as an art form to all of that, that influence from women growing up and not only in the Bible, but in my life around me, watching my, my, my sister's experience in particular, that that's been a striking we, my sister and I just have had an ongoing conversation now for 20 years as, as adults uh, about the differences in our upbringing and how we came up in the same place, raised by the same people, heard the same stories, and yet her experience was so dramatically different from mine. Right. And Can I get watching... in on that group text? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. My sister is a... Is a uh, I mean, talk about badasses. I could just do a whole yeah. episode on, on her. But... Um, yeah, so that's kind of where so Esther, this, Ruth, and Rahab came from, and like I said, it was a lyric that I had to, I had to wrestle with. A lot of times, I, I, I feel, I, I not a lot of times. I would say fifty percent of the the time when I'm writing a song, I get that kind of muse moment where like an idea or a lyric just gets feels like it gets handed to me, and all I have to do is kind of like 
write it out. Um, and this was not one of those. This was, this was a song I wanted on the record. I want, I knew I had something I wanted to say and I had to figure it out and how to fit it, <laughs> to fit it into a, it's not a three and a half minute song, but not a song over five minutes. And, um, it doesn't matter. two pages it's, of lyrics, yeah, attest, the, the there's a lot crammed in there. It's so rich. And if you were, like you said, a person who identifies as LGBTQ in this day and age or a girl growing up in church, like this song speaks so loudly. And I've, Mitch and I, you know, he, he was um, for years in local pastoral ministry. And I can remember mm. after Sunday worship several times, I would have this conversation with him. Of, it's the women, quote unquote, behind the scenes who are making things happen. And yep. so everything you brought up was, you know, points that I'm like, okay, so I, yes, yes, amen. But you brought up one point in that song that Mitch and I will probably talk about in our outro, but I just want to our listeners tease this because you've got to go listen to this but you said of course eve said f this system i'm chasing after wisdom so take a minute that was a script flip that i hadn't considered yet Mm. and so if you want to speak to that for a minute um i just would love to hear a little bit of insight on that yeah i mean it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil Right. Like that's what, that's what we call it. And I don't, I don't understand who in their right sane mind, given the option to have more knowledge. Well, never mind. Right. <laughs> never mind. I, again, I live in 2023 in America. I can think I can, of a few there people. Are plenty <laughs> of examples. You live in North people. Carolina. We live in Oklahoma. We got exactly what yeah, you Yeah. There are plenty of people who decline the option for more knowledge. So I do understand that. But to my mind, that is a perfectly reasonable and rational uh, thing to do. And 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 I'm not a biblical literalist, obviously, in any sense of the word. I, I believe that stories uh, can be true without having happened, right? So I don't believe that a snake spoke to a woman in a garden. Um, this is all allegory to me, but... Let me clutch uh, my pearls real quick. <laughs> I know, right? Look out, y'all. She's she's preaching uh, blasphemy here, here on Good Faith Podcast. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, like th- there's no instance of anyone ever telling Eve that she shouldn't, right? There's just a, suddenly a talking snake, which is pretty cool. Um, and and, and th- an opportunity to gain knowledge. Mm-hmm. Right. What? Of course you're going to, well, for me, if it were me, if I were Eve, I would be all over that fruit. I would be, and and I would have zero regrets about it as well. Um, So I I don't know. I feel like Eve did us all a a great service and doesn't, again, does not get the proper recognition for her contributions. I love that reframing. (laughs) And I will say in 20 years of listening to you preach, I think this might make one of my top three wow. moments wow. of like mind. I'm not even in the top three. No, <laughs> That's no, after you 20 are. years. You're, you're, you're there. <laughs> you're there. So thank you for that. I just yeah. wanted to point that out and give our listeners a little tease because you've got to go listen to the song, read the words. It's amazing. Anyways. But I'll it's such a, I mean, it's such an important point because it sets the tone for the continuation of the femininity within scripture, because we Mm. see it time and time again, women stepping up to do what men are unable to do. 
And it is remarkable. They do not get the credit they deserve. In fact, even when given the credit, it's called they were being mischievous or they were being clever or it was their secondary characters in, you know, and and the men were wise enough to recognize what they were doing. But the reality is if you were to pick these stories up for the very first time and read them, they are central characters, essential to the narratives. And so when you talk about discovering their shine and then connecting that with your drag, then to me, that's exactly you are you are continuing this journey of the femininity within scripture and faith. And I just that's what I really, really love about your interpretation of scripture, your lyrics, and what you're doing right now. Mm, thank you. Yeah, you know, for me, I I, I was um, raised culturally to be male, and drag for me unlocked a lot in my own journey around my own gender expression and identity. And I identify as non-binary now, but one of the things that I my drag does for me and that I've now found can do for other people, right, is that it 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 puts me in touch with the feminine that I have mm-hmm. that I that that was, you know, oppressed and and suppressed and kind of squished out of me for so long. And also that I, in response to the the culture around me, also tried to suppress within myself. Um and so that's why you know, drag is seen as so extreme and so radical, um, and and it is, I guess. But it's it's also, for me, it's a really intentional thing to to do now in the second half of my life. Right, I'm 41, and I I want to make sure that I give as much time in, in in my life to nurturing and listening to and um, giving voice to the feminine within me for, for lack of a better term. I, 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 you know, I, I, I love the idea of the spectrum. You know, I don't like the binary. I like the spectrum and uh, the ability to be fluid and to move across that spectrum at any given point in time. But because I spent 40 years so heavily focused on the masculine and uh, behaving, presenting, and, you know, speaking as someone who fits the stereotypes and the expectations for a masculine person in the world, I want to make sure I'm giving as much energy in the, in the next half of my life to the feminine. And that's kind of what drag does for me. And, um, and that's exactly what you're doing and these stories and, and, you know, your art, as I said a moment ago, they are communicating the femininity within scripture and within yourself. But in essence, what they're doing flamey is communicating the femininity of the divine. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. A yes. clutch your you. clutch your pearls kind of moment. We forget that you know God's not a dude. No. <laughs> you know? Wait, what? <laughs> and so <laughs> we we see the this and I love what you just said, the spectrum of unfortunately we have to communicate with our gender normative understanding of the world. Right. But God doesn't. And we see God moving in and out of history, both in what we would define as the masculine and feminine. And unfortunately, in our world, the masculine has won out in the communication of that message. Yeah. What you're doing, what others and, are doing, yeah, go ahead. and the plural, right? Yes, the, the, absolutely. The plural, the the, the yeah, the the we. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so so much gender expression and identity in the divine in the bible that yeah. gets just kind of shoved under the carpet yeah. all right so let's move to the song what did you drag me into in this song <laughs> there's this lyric I was baptized at the age of 12 under the water. I came under a spell. I hear the Holy Ghost in the chlorine, she said. Child, you're going to make one hell of a queen. And then you go on. Some babies show up with a crown and nothing you can say or do is going to turn that shimmer down. So can you talk to us about your process of learning to accept and celebrate your shimmer? Yes. So what I like to say about this song is that it is, it's kind of my autobiography, right? Um, But I am a drag queen, so it's also slightly embellished. It has a little (laughs) bit of a rhinestone thrown on it. Hey, hey, Flamey, I'm a preacher. I understand what you're saying. (laughs) You you understand throwing a rhinestone on something. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was baptized at the age of 12. uh, And I also had a interesting what i call mystical baptismal experience uh in my in my early 20s um in a fountain or excuse me in a in a creek off the side of the road in northern california totally alone and by myself and i and so i kind of combined those two experiences in this one lyric um because i didn't actually at the age of 12 like feel like there was some you know call to uh, uh to, to to be a drag queen but um that came much later in life but uh yeah, uh, gosh, I mean, what what to say about the evangelicalism I, I grew up in was just so intent on using every form of of, of oppression, every every tool at the, that oppression uses, shame, fear, mm-hmm. uh, intimidation, to make sure that I did not unlock. Pandora's box when it came to comes to the, the stuff we were talking about gender identity expression certainly not drag like that was re- literally beaten out of me as a kid yeah. um and uh so when those gates when I finally did like twist that key on on Pandora's box there was a lot that was waiting to come out so um and it has felt like a lot in the just the past three and a half years that I've been doing drag. Um, I feel like I've moved so far in that short, like farther in those three and a half years than I did in the first, you know, 37 years sure. of my life. Like, so it's been just a, an incredible journey. Um, and, but, but, but some of the most, most healing Like, yeah, the most healing I've experienced in my life, I think I've experienced in the past three and a half years. And it's been a direct result of drag and um, the community that I've built around uh, Mm -hmm. drag and um, the opportunity to realize. So that calling that I I talk about in that lyric, that's been with me forever. Absolutely. Like I did feel, you know, I've been a worship leader. 22 years. I have been a church planter. I've worked at mega churches. I've worked at teeny startup churches. I, I knew I wanted to be in ministry somehow. Like I knew that was a thing for me. It felt like a calling. And, but it's never, nothing ever clicked, you know, until I found Flamey and realized that the thing that started for me as just my own ministry, it was just me painting my face in my bedroom. That's all it was. Sure. I was, I had never had any intention of becoming a, a full-time performer, releasing music under Flamey's name, any of that. It was just inner child work for me. 
But when I recognized that that was the work of ministry, right? Like that, like ministering to myself is enabling me to thereby, therefore, uh, thereby minister to other people. Like it just transformed my whole trajectory. And, um, that shimmer that, you know, (laughs) I sing about, um, is literal obviously because there's lots of sequins and, and, uh, you know, highlighter and sparkles involved, but, um, it's also very figurative in terms of the the smallness that I used to force myself into. Yeah. You know, I, I can just throw all that to the side and just let myself be as big as I need, take up as much space as I need um, and not feel apologetic about it and sure. not feel... And, and know that it's actually for the benefit of myself and the people around me. It's not a thing that's so- going to... I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, Um, go for it. So I was just going to say that Mitch and I first um, went to our first drag show years ago, probably 10 years ago now. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, friends invited us to our local um, drag theater bar. Uh, They do Sunday gospel brunch every week. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yes. And so we've been several times since. Um, We always take friends and it, I mean, I want to, it is a spiritual experience, I feel like, because we go and every time we go, we make friends, we start relationships, there's community, there's, there's just a common bond there that I feel like every time we walk away, I think, is this not more of what Jesus Mm. had in mind for the church than what you find in many of the institutional churches these days? And so it's not a far cry from a church service, a drag show, right? It's not. They're they're not all that different. No. (laughs) Um, I mean, we all live under the, the curse really of white supremacy, of patriarchy, of heteronormativity. We all bear that burden, even straight white men who benefit from it the most. Right. And, And we, we call out straight white men a lot in today's culture, but I see in some cases, I see the oppression best uh, manifested in the lives of straight white men who have a pressure to perform in a certain way, be a certain type of person, uh, you know, live up to certain expectations. And and we all suffer under that. And what drag can do and what especially drag performed by trans, BIPOC, you know, people of color, like uh, it can just transport an entire audience an entire room of people into a world where those rules don't exist right Right, they they're not on our shoulders and we can all experience a moment of levity and freedom and liberation and that's really what it's about for me Mm -hmm. drag is liberation well and And like like ken said once he found out patriarchy didn't have to anything to do with horses (laughs) he lost interest it's so boring oh there's no horses horses? wait what patriarchy is boring so i want to switch gears and talk about some broader things right now which we've already kind of touched on this i want to talk about everything made up 
Oh, okay. I know. I know. I'm going back to a, a single, right? I don't think it's even <laughs> yeah, on yeah. the album, but I just, when I listened to it, I got such Bo Burnham vibes. I don't know if you're familiar. <laughs> I do know. I, I know. You Bo do? Is, yes. Okay. Well, I hope that's a compliment because that's think a huge compliment. Incredibly talented, but you make some really bold and necessary claims in it. And you say, I'm going to read some excerpts from the song. Everything that is and was and will be is made up. You don't have to get mad at something you think sounds pretend unless you're mad about your own lack of imagination. Since everything's pretend, maybe we can try to finally end the need to make people conform to some arbitrary norm. So my notes here say... I want the full sermon. <laughs> because yeah, because that's a 90-minute song. Right? <laughs> I feel like that was such a quick song, but I feel like we have we have two sons. They're 22 and 25. And I feel like basically that song says everything they've been telling us for years. Like, come on, <laughs> mom, dad, everything's made up. Spend a minute talking to us about that. Yeah, that I that's a 90 us. minute. I meant 90 seconds, obviously. But um, <laughs> yeah, I so that song was a surprise to me in every way. I know it didn't ex- even expect that to be a single. Um, I, it was actually I wrote it for a TikTok video in response to you, you've heard of this, the libs of TikTok mm-hmm. uh, Twitter account, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. You've probably been featured on it. Um, <laughs> they uh, it's basically just a you know, whatever. It's just, it's, it's a pile on. It's a a way for conservative people who hate what's going on in the world to laugh and at and ridicule folks who they call woke or whatever. Um, and I got reposted on that account one day and suddenly my, well, you've arrived. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and my, my mentions were suddenly full of Uncharacter. I mean, I always, I always have a few haters, but in this case, it was like, oh wow, something happened out in the world, and that I don't, I'm not aware of because the haters are here. They have arrived, <laughs> and um, so once I dug into it all, I realized they were referencing a video where I had been talking about my gender journey, and I, I at one point I was using the word polygender mm-hmm. to talk about myself, just you know, multiple genders, and now I just like the word non-binary and like the spectrum that sure. I was talking about earlier. Um, but they were laughing at this idea of polygender and they're like, oh my gosh, you're just making it up. Like you, you just like ad- admit that you are just making it up. Like, and, and I was like, yeah, actually you're com- <laughs> you true. are completely 100% correct. Conservatives. I am making it up because I need something that works better for me than male and female. And uh, it turns out we have made up the constructs around male and female too. And once I started digging into it, I was like, oh, this is kind of fun to like, just think about the world in these terms. Everything is made up. Money is a totally made up thing that we all just agree that this coin or this paper has value. Um, marriage is a made up thing. And and especially when you really go back and look in the Bible and what like, we talk a lot about biblical marriage. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about exactly. Exactly. Let's talk about all the wives and concubines that were there. Mm -hmm. Yes. And like the brother's responsibility to give a child to the wife when she becomes a widow and all these things. Like, yeah, there's so much there. Um, Like, are you going to, Mitch, are you going to take my sister on if her husband dies? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying. I love your sister to death. (laughs) You you have a responsibility according to the Bible (laughs) and obligation. Side note, she's one of the ones that reached out and said, hey, you guys need to interview Flame. Exactly. She'll appreciate this shout out right now. (laughs) 
so yeah it was just it was just kind of a fun i i was just poking back at libs of tiktok and and saying yep you're right i made it up and it's better than what we have made up before so let's Mm -hmm. continue making up things that make the world better for all of us right uh and then it just kind of it hit i guess on tiktok folks liked it so i was like well i'm getting ready to release a full-length record i might as well try to put out this little single first as a as a teaser of what's to come and so yeah it became it became its own little 90 second song it's fantastic fantastic. i've listened to it over and over and just love it so yeah congrats (laughs) Well, well, thank you. Fleming, we want to bring this to a close and how we want to do so is through one more song. And I think this is a song that brings everything full circle and it's the song Good Day. Mm. And I'm going to read the lyrics and it's quite it's a little bit of a lengthy uh, quote I'm going to read, but they're just so good and so powerful. I do want to read it for the audience. You sing a good day to come back home. You sent me away, but I was never alone. You were afraid that there was not enough, but you can't run out of love. So I'm here to stay, and I'm sitting in the front row, because it's a good day to come out of the shadow. God made me good in every way, so I'll raise my voice to celebrate a good day. It's been a while since I could admit that there was something missing, but I've seen enough to know what love is and what love isn't. I'm not content to fade into the crowd and let you decide who's in or out. So I'm coming back because I'm living proof that it all belongs without a doubt. I think you just captured what is going on, especially in the faith community these days. I can't tell you how many people who have been ostracized by the church are being bold and saying, you can't, you can't define who's in and out. I'm coming back home. Talk about this song. Can I first just say that, Mitch, you have the best voice. Just, <laughs> uh, no, you may not feed this ego. <laughs> it's forbidden. Well, well I'm thank sorry. Thank you, Flamey. I appreciate Missy, that. But I gotta say, hearing, hearing the words in your resonant voice. Well, I have really... tears in my eyes. <laughs> yeah, like... I do too. Sorry. Um, you know, so this is one of the songs that uh, felt like a gift from the muses. I don't feel like I wrote this lyric. Right. It came after an experience that I'll talk about in just a second. Um, but uh, I just kind of blacked out and woke up and there they were. Um, and um, I, <laughs> to borrow language from my evangelical upbringing, I'm just the vessel. <laughs> you know, I'm just... <laughs> I'm just blessed to be a blessing, y'all. We can unpack um, that in a lot of ways. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it really is for me just about the reality that you have to reckon with my existence. Okay. You just do. And a lot of people are just going to ignore my existence and write it off. And we've seen think pieces written about me now where that's exactly what they're doing. Um, but, but that's uh, that's cheap. That is taking the cheap and easy way out because here I am, a living, breathing human being who has a whole lifetime, right? 41 years of history, mostly in the church. I will go toe-to-toe with anyone who – I'm Paul, right? I'm the Apostle Paul. List, I will gladly list my credentials out for you sure. and tell you exactly how sincere I have been in my journey and my search and my faith and how – 
I have yearned in the deepest places of my heart uh, to find what's true and um, and what uh, to know Jesus, mm, right? Yeah. Like I have tried <laughs> to do that with my life in the sincerest of ways, and um, and yet here I am, a drag queen singing songs about my religious trauma, singing songs uh, about the need for a reckoning within the church and how the church has handled its queer children, not willing to vacate the space that I've occupied, um, despite the very complicated place I've arrived at when it comes to not even arrived, that's the wrong word, the very complicated spot I am in my journey of understanding faith and talking about uh, my spirituality, my relationship to Jesus, um, my relationship to the church. If you don't want to be <laughs> a cheap person, you do have to reckon, reckon with people like me. And we are, we are legion. <laughs> we are here. Yeah. Um, there are just there are entire groups of queer Christians who have been doing the same kind of wrestling that I've done my whole life. And yeah, that's just it's the place I've arrived at, right? Like I've just I'm no longer content to fade into the background and let y'all play gatekeeper. Right. While we suffer the the very painful consequences of that. Um I've been kicked out of multiple churches. I have been my whole life, my my faith, my journey, it's all been questioned. My sincerity has been questioned. And, um, you know, I, I, I've kind of just at this point decided I don't owe you anything, evangelical right. gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. I don't owe you conformity to what you, you, to your interpretation of any of this. This is my journey. It's my experience. It's my relationship to the divine. And I'm going to talk about it. And I'm going to stay in the spaces where I want to be. Um, if I want to be there and I may not forever, you know, like this yeah. may be, this may be a, a, a passing thing for me, but right now it's where I'm at. And um, unfortunately for y'all, <laughs> what I'm doing <laughs> does seem to be resonating with folks and is giving voice to a, a, a cry that a lot of people have had. So this song was written specifically in response to, a small group, a queer small group that I attended at a time in my journey when I was not calling myself a Christian and I was very fed mm. up with the whole thing. Sure. But I was still still on staff at a church, still leading worship. It was very progressive space. Um, and 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 there was a queer small group and I kind of felt a little obligated to attend. Um, <laughs> and so I showed up. Is it church if you're not feeling obligated? I'm just Yeah, saying. right? <laughs> Did you say obligated or guilty? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Fine line, fine line. <laughs> So I, I show up and the facilitator says, hey, uh, let's go around the room and everybody share how you reconciled your faith and your sexuality as an icebreaker. <laughs> That's wow. not an icebreaker. Right. <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> hey, yeah, no, this is a, this is more of a week five. Sort of right. Position. Like, like, what are we doing? But I just I wanted to get it over with. And I'm the Enneagram eight in the room. So I just raised my hand and I was like, listen, I got I got an answer for you. I don't. There's nothing to reconcile. I don't call myself a Christian. I don't need to reconcile it anymore. Boom. Done. Next. And um, I was very proud, you know, very proud of my answer. And then we went around the room and everybody shared their story. And um, the thing that they all had in common was some 
to some degree, they were all talking about one of the reasons that they stay in the church and that they're still here in this small group and they're still trying to figure it out and they're still wrestling with it. And they're not willing to abandon their space and not willing to necessarily abandon that title of Christian, right? Is because they know that when they do, that the the void that they leave kind of just the vacuum sucks it up and closes in and it's filled up with more of the same heteropatriarchal, mm-hmm. heteronormative, um, misogynistic BS that is going to prevent, that's going to make it hard for the next next generation of queer kids coming up. And not just queer kids, women coming up, sure. mm-hmm. people of color coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so their, their insistence on staying and wrestling with it was in part to just be a representation for the, the next generation. Mm-hmm. And I felt about this big when we finally finished going around the room and I had been the one to say like, I'm washing my hands yeah. of it. Um, and I saw eight other people be like, I'm going to stay in it. Yeah. And, uh, so like I said, I went home and those lyrics were just like, that was a shift that night, something shifted sure. for me. I, yeah. I wasn't doing drag yet. That hadn't come around. Yeah. Um, but I wrote that song and I wrote it for our progressive church and we, we did it more Sundays than we didn't probably in the, in the following years. Um, and, uh, it came to be a real for me, a touchstone for our community, a touchstone and a moment where we kind of just said, yeah, like reckon with us. Yeah, We are here. I love it. <laughs> you cannot sweep us under the rug anymore. Well, it is a beautiful and powerful song. Flamie Grant, thank you so much for joining us at Good Faith Weekly. We're going to be with Flamey down in Austin, Texas next next week at Nevertheless Woo-hoo! She Preached Conference. So check out our coverage uh, next week uh, when we go down there. You can find out more about Flamey at her website, flameygrant.com. And wherever you listen to music, go and download her songs right now because they are wonderful. Well, Flamey, before we let you go, Missy's got one last question for you. Absolutely. Flamey, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a delight. As you know, our tagline at Good Faith Media is there's more to tell. So in light of our conversation today and the work that you do, what is your more to tell? (laughs) You know, I would just say that um, I'm in my second act, right? Like that's what I, that's what I call this. That was the video that blew up that kind of made Flamey uh, brought brought Flamey to the consciousness of a lot of people. I was talking about our second act, and mine came super, you know, relatively late. For, for, well, a lot of people do not start doing drag at the age of forty, right? Like that's a <laughs> that's a, I've missed out on a lot of opportunities to be a death dropping stunt doing queen, right? <laughs> but um, despite how absurd that scenario might seem, seem. It's playing out for me in a way that is transforming my life. It's transforming lives around me. It's bringing new opportunities, I think, to churches across the country. And so just don't shy away from from that pull to change something significant, dramatic about your life. Like that's kind of what drag is. It's a pretty darn dramatic shift. And um, I think that there's something to be to be learned from that and an opportunity. Well, Flamey, it has been a 
complete delight for us to have you on the show at Good Faith Weekly. Thank you for all that you're doing. May the blessings of the divine continue to be with you, may continue to prosper. We are out there cheering for you, and we are so excited about meeting you face-to-face next week in Austin. (laughs) I can't wait either. Thank you all so much for having me. This has been a pleasure. Absolutely. I'm bringing my good bra for for the sign. (laughs) (laughs) Your good bra? My good bra. Wow. Cliff can cut that out. Seems inappropriate. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I don't know. I think you just left Mitch speechless. You did. All right. Thanks, Levy. So, Mitch. Yes. I think in our excitement about the interview, we didn't stress enough about how our listeners can find Flamey and find out what she's yeah, up to. Yeah, please talk, tell the audience. I know yeah. you mentioned the website, but any social media platform that you're on, if you search Flamey Grant, you'll be able to find her and also find her touring schedule and find her music. So definitely go on, look at the schedule, see if she's coming to a place near you. If she's not, you know what, and you've got the hookup, find a spot and invite her to come. That'd be awesome. Uh, download the music, always to support her. As she indicated, she's doing this full-time now, and we definitely want to be supportive of her her work, her ex- artistic expression, and just the love that she's spreading the world. So that is my little housekeeping bit, and now we can talk a little more <laughs> and unpack a couple of things, I know we're a little bit short on time, but I am just in awe of Flamey and of her, um, just her life work and what she's doing now. And I think in, in how we ended the interview talking about the, the Good Day song. And if you haven't listened to it, you have my permission to pause us right now and go listen to it and then come back. <laughs> um Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back. So what I feel like is so important about this song and so important about Amy's Flamey's work right now is saying no more does someone else get to define and decide where I'm able to exist, where I'm able to express myself, where I'm able to express my faith and practice it. You don't get to decide that. And if you choose to decide that for me, then you're the one missing out on the gift of my expression, the gift of of God's creation in Mm -hmm. me. And I think it's just so powerful. I think it's so inspiring. Um, It it reminds me, as, as we were talking earlier, it correlates to the event we'll be at this weekend with free mom hugs. Yeah which is um, happening here in Oklahoma City. Right in the heart of the Bible Belt. Right, which you don't think of Oklahoma City as a place you would host a conference with free mom hugs. (laughs) Um, But the fact that they are able to say, you know what, we're here and we're going to exist and we're going to thrive, whether you like it or not. You know, this is, I'm so glad you took it this direction because as I was listening to Flamey tell her story and describe her songs and then just listening to you now, one of our favorite podcasts and writers and theologians, Miguel De La Torre, mm-hmm. came to mind when he said in Kansas City, you and I were there, when he said, people tell me all the time I need to tr- speak truth to power. I'm done. 
because the powerful know the truth and they refuse to do it. Mm -hmm. So often we spend so much time these days talking about the church and their need to accept and to affirm the LGBTQ plus I community. And they do. And they do. And we should always speak truth to power. But it has been to the detriment of not telling the flamey stories, the free mom hug stories. I am more interested in telling those stories now. It's like if you're not going to allow us in your space, that's fine. We're going to find our own or we're going to make way. I mean, it's just, it, it's like you, you talked about like with Miguel. He says, you know, I'm going to speak to the powerless because yeah. when you're desperate, you're willing to do anything. And I feel like that's what the LGBTQIA plus community has done is they've said, we're going to create our space. You don't get to decide right. we're here. We're going to exist and we're going to thrive. Absolutely. I, just, I love that. So yeah. anyways, it just, it, it's I loved her story, loved her lyrics. I mean, I, I might even say I'm a fan of, Christian music now, <laughs> all because of Flamey Grant. <laughs> That's right. I know you uh, kept texting me over the last couple of days as you were listening, saying, "Oh my goodness, this is really this good. is really this good. This is really good." Yeah. The lyrics are so rich. Oh my gosh, they're and, fantastic. And the stories, and you can just tell it comes from such a place of of a deep place of meaning yeah. and thought and love and. It it just I I love. But it. there is one lyric that really just piqued your interest and you mentioned it to flame me in the interview i have it highlighted and then underline and then starred um on my printout <laughs> i really do because i love anytime you or anyone else gives me something to chew on and so i i know i'm still chewing on this you're still chewing on this and we're gonna probably unpack this more in the weeks to come but as we mentioned in the interview the song esther ruth and rahab the line where she says, of course, Eve said, F the system, I am chasing after wisdom. And I think it is so important that we learn and we continue to strive to look at these stories, look at the narratives that have been packaged up in one way for us for all these years and look at it a different way. Turn that narrative upside down and look at it differently. And that's what that that line has done for me. That's what other moments in my faith journey have done. But I think this is just something I hadn't thought about before. Yeah, like what you, if Eve is just a human being who's right. presented with an opportunity to say, hey, here's this thing that's going to give you knowledge. And, you know, you think as a human being, should we not be in search of knowledge and truth? And I know there are a lot of people out there who don't feel that way. But it makes her so relatable and, I don't know, takes away a little bit of the villainry <laughs> um, that we've yeah. been sold. Sure. So anyways, I just, I, I don't know, I'm chewing on it. I want to keep thinking about it and reading about it. So. Yeah, you and I have been talking about this the last couple of days because once we you know, heard that lyric, it was like, what, what, wait, what? And so we've had a couple of days to kind of ponder on this. And I'll just be honest with you, I'm still pondering over it. Uh, I love it. I love it when theologians, artists make you, they, they make, they stop you in your tracks and they force you to think about something from an entirely different perspective. Right. And that's what Flamey has done just with this one lyric. 
And so I'm sitting here with this, this line thinking, okay, how does it measure up against the totality of scripture? And I start thinking about all the women that she has mentioned, you know, in the interview and in her songs. And it's like, well, wait a minute, Eve kind of fits that narrative in this. And so, as I said, I, I don't know what to do with it right now, but man, Flamey has got me thinking. And I love that about it. I do too. And as she said, as you've indicated time and time again, you know, you're firmly in the camp of, of the, the narrative as being allegorical, right. um, not having a literal snake. I'm talking to her. I feel like probably most of our listenership is okay with with at least <laughs> you know acknowledging that it's likely allegorical, yeah. um, and so it allows us to explore the truths of that story in a new light. Sure. And I think that's what we're kind of always should be wrestling with. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Eve, by by flipping that narrative and flipping the script, saying you know she was seeking you know, the, she was offered an opportunity. It's just interesting to look at it that way and think, oh my goodness, how, what does that look like in terms of setting up a foundation for all of the women that came after her mm-hmm. and all of the women who were behind the scenes in their context as, you know, humans who were maybe, who were not given full, um, I don't know, ex- rights and privileges of, of men and yeah. how they were able to still work the system to take up space mm-hmm. when they weren't given it readily. Just right. like, you know, F- Flamey talks about, you know, in terms of, and as we talk about, you know, the attack on, on drag queens and God forbid a drag queen read a book to your children, <laughs> you know? Right. Exactly. Um, is that these women of the Bible, these People who are oppressed, who are marginalized, who are silenced, are going to find a way. Mm-hmm. They're gonna find a way to yeah. make things work and to be to to express themselves and to survive. And I so hope to thrive. Right. No, I agree. It was a great conversation. Uh, I love me some Flamey Grant right now. I mean, she is. You're going to wear the T-shirt. I will wear the T-shirt proudly. <laughs> Cannot wait to see her face-to-face next week in Austin, Texas, when you're at, you and I are down at the Nevertheless She Preached conference. But I do have to say this, Missy, that there were two moments in the interview that really filled my heart with all the kind of love and warmth. Okay. The first was knowing that I have preached a sermon. Oh, Jesus. That is geez. in your top three. <laughs> this, the second, and this may be number one, Flamey talked about what a velvet smooth voice I had. <laughs> oh, geez. Yes. We're going to be riding that ego trip for a while, aren't we? We are. She was fantastic. Can't wait to see her next week in Austin. Uh, please, please go listen to her music. Check her website out. And as Missy said, she's on tour right now. Absolutely. I'm going to close. I have one last um, set of lyrics to, to read to our audience as, as we are chewing on um, the the uh, story of Eve. I want to close out with this um, following that. In Esther, Ruth, and Rahab, she says, My church insisted women all be small, submissive, and unseen, but their own holy book betrayed that lie. 
Because in those pages, you'll find badass rebel warriors and queens, prophetesses, witches, whores, and wives, all causing scenes. Every woman in the scriptures smashed the norms to smithereens. That's So go forth, chew on it, explore it, and we'll see you back next week. Have a good week, everybody. Until then, keep living good faith. You've been listening to Good Faith Weekly, hosted by Mitch and Missy Randall. This weekly podcast from Good Faith Media discusses matters of faith and culture. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast and give us a like and a glowing review. We produce the podcast out of Norman, Oklahoma. Our music comes from Pond 5. And we're supported by listeners like you. Learn more about us at goodfaithmedia.org. Thank you.